0: John, um,
1: okay. For people with a uh, weak stamina and having very short breath, um, how can they? In what way should they meditate? Because uh, such people will encounter problem of uh, they cannot uh, have a very deep breath because of weak stamina, shortness of breath. Um. Would such people encounter problems during meditation and how to counter that? So, you don't have to be too concerned about how deep your breath is. Uh, if, uh, just have, have mindfulness over the breath. But Ajahn Anand, he was doing, like you can lift your finger at the same time that you take an in-breath as a way to develop mindfulness uh, with the in-breath. So, uh, so you can like put put your your hand on your uh, your knee, and then make it in the same rhythm as the the breath. So when the breath goes in, you can go uh, you know lift your finger up, and then when the breath goes out, you can put your finger down. <laughs> Oh, so when you, when you take an in-breath, uh, you, know, you, you can just basically count with your finger that you're, you're taking an in-breath and an out-breath. You're taking one in-breath, one out-breath. And in that way, it's a way to develop mindfulness uh, over the breath. Even You don't have to be too concerned about how the breath is. <laughs>
0: นะอย่าอยู่เฉยๆวอกแวก so when we are about to do the
1: chanting uh, make your mind intent to have mindful awareness over your, your chanting. And so you can recollect the qualities of the Buddha, uh, recollect uh, the Buddha's great uh, wisdom, the Buddha's great compassion and the Buddha's great purity. And so you recollect these and let the mind sort of gather on this uh, recollection of the, the Buddha. And uh, this is a way to develop uh, mindfulness and uh, the mind, so the birth of a Buddha is so incredibly difficult, and so we're all very fortunate to be able to have a chance uh, to chant and recollect the qualities of the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the sangha and so uh, you know, this is a very good opportunity for for us, so even in Singapore. Those of you who practice can also see the Dhamma and also attain to noble states of mind. It just depends on the person and their practice. Does anyone there wish or have the determination to become a Sotapanna there? And want to become a Sotapanna by this lifetime. If everyone knows what a Sotapanna is. Stream winner. Here yeah, we know Stream all of us, is it okay? All of us to become so t- 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 life t- so, <laughs> <laughs> so all of you should be intent in your practice. Uh, you know, you can do it in this life. It's not difficult. Uh, someone asked the Ajahn if they were drinking alcohol and they could uh, drink it in a way that they don't get drunk. Uh, is that okay or not? What, what do you what do you what do you think there?
0: I think it's uh,
1: no alcohol at all. So you said, whoever answered that question, they're they're right. Uh, if you if you start drinking just a little bit, and then it starts to you know you get a bit more out of control, and you drink a bit more and a bit more, and then it becomes a lot. So it's right that you know you you should refrain altogether from drinking alcohol. Uh, There's even a story in the time of the Buddha where there was a a very uh, highly attained, in uh, in terms of meditation, a very highly attained uh, monk. Uh, He even had uh, enough, uh, you can say, special uh, mental, uh, what is it, psychic powers that he could uh, sort of control a, a, a naga, like a serpent, uh, but after he, he started drinking a little bit of alcohol until he got uh, drunk uh, he, he, he couldn't even control a little snake anymore and uh, he, he would even when he, he fell asleep when he was drunk he uh, pointed his feet towards the, the Buddha while he slept and that's something that, that you know, shows a, a complete lack of mindfulness uh, which is why you know, we, uh, the, the sort of uh, you know, power of, of alcohol so to say
0: When
1: when you're doing your meditation you can uh, in the beginning you can try to develop uh, metta meditation the the development of uh, loving kindness and so you can spread these uh, good feelings of, of Loving kindness to others. So, if that uh, meditation object of developing loving kindness works for you, uh, the mind is able to gather into peace and calm. Then you can use that as your meditation object. So, whatever meditation object uh, gives you peace and calm within the mind, uh, that one is is uh, good to use. So, if it's even if it's Developing mindfulness over the in and out breath or the developing of uh, the recollection of the Buddha, uh, whatever makes the mind peaceful, and that's the meditation object you should use. So, if we uh, recollect uh, the Buddha, then we'll be able to see how extremely long it took to develop the perfections in order to be able to. Uh, attain to becoming a Buddha Uh, just even before the even as when the uh, Buddha was first uh, making the determination to become a a Buddha you know just to to do to go through that stage he had to develop uh, this this determination for over 20 uh, incalculable uh, Eons, which is something that's you know un, incalculable times 20. It's like uh, millions and millions of years can't even come close to it. And so, in in, in uh, once he received the the prediction that he'd become a Buddha, he uh, developed uh, the perfections uh, for another four incalculable lifetimes. And so, that was that's the shortest amount of time that it could take one to become a a, a fully enlightened Buddha. And uh, that we call pan- uh, Panyatika, which is uh, they, the Buddha develops this, uh, th- these perfections uh, based on a lot of wisdom. And so it's uh, quicker than, than if uh, the other type is the, which takes eight incalculable aeons, which is uh, Satadika, which is more based on faith. And the, the longest is 16 uh, incalculable aeons, which... Uh, which is a Pra, uh, a Maitreya Buddha, which is Maitreya Buddha, which is the next coming Buddha. And so for yourselves, uh, you know, you, if if it's this life, you don't, you know, sort of get there, you don't attain to to dhamma, then uh, you know, in, in uh, next life or coming lives, then uh, you know, may you have the chance to meet with uh, Maitreya Buddha and be enlightened in in that lifetime under the the Maitreya Buddha. But for those of you who don't want to wait till uh, next life or next lives, uh, then you know you can do it in this life as well. You know this is something that Ajahn Chah uh, taught as well. That uh, you know for ones who practice uh, diligently, you know they can attain it in, in this life. They don't need to wait for next life. So everyone here has read uh, the biography of Ajahn Chah. Is that right? Uh, so. Ajahn Chah, he was a very Zen-like teacher. Uh, there was once when a monk was coming back after a pilgrimage from India and he brought back a Bodhi leaf uh, to offer to Ajahn Chah, uh, but he had to wait till after the meal to, to offer this Bodhi leaf. And so uh, he he saw all these trays of food coming to Ajahn Chah being put in front of him and he thought to himself uh, uh, Ajahn Chah must really like to eat uh, he himself thought he was a very uh, how do you say, content monk he, he was happy with eating only little and so he had this thought of that you know, Ajahn Chah really liked to eat food and so after, you know, he went back to eat his food first after he finished his meal he went up to Ajahn Chah to offer this Bodhi leaf And uh, he he bowed to Ajahn Chah, and then he gave this Bodhi leaf, and uh, Ajahn Chah said, "What's this?" He said, "Oh, it's a Bodhi leaf. Uh, Can can I eat it?" Uh, He you know he couldn't answer, and so Ajahn Chah said, "Uh, "Why? Because I I like to eat, right?" And so. This was one way of Ajahn Chah teaching in a very Zen-like fashion. So Today is a very good opportunity for everyone who has come here. It's a good opportunity for us to do chanting, some meditation and to listen to the Dhamma of the Buddha. And, uh, you know, this is for our uh, increase of our, our knowledge and understanding of Dhamma. So after the Buddha attained enlightenment under the Mahabodhi tree in, in Bodhgaya, uh, on the, the full moon of, of May, uh, he spent 49 days enjoying the bliss of liberation And after that, he walked to the city of Varanasi uh, in order to give uh, the first discourse uh, in the history of of Buddhism. And so, before the Buddha's enlightenment, uh, he had already attained to very high levels of jhana or absorption. uh, But this was, uh, he had developed too much samadhi or concentration. Uh, and so It was only until he uh, changed his, his method to develop uh, the mindfulness of, of breathing uh, and taking the, the mind to, to the first uh, jhana, to the first four jhanas. Uh, and then he contemplated on the paticca samupada, which is the dependent origination, so the understanding of how Suffering arises and how it ceases uh, within the mind. Uh, so this is when the Buddha discovered the the four noble truths. Uh, it takes an incredible amount of uh, parami or spiritual perfections in order to uh, gain to this state, uh, and and uh, this. In order to gain to this state, but to to realize it all through his own efforts, uh, not being taught uh, by by anyone else, but through only through his own efforts. And so, uh, in regards to these four noble truths, uh, there's a story that I want to tell you. Uh, it was once when I was sitting uh, with Ajahn Chah, and there was a group of uh, Mahayana followers uh, led by a Uh, Mahayana monk and they came to pay respects to to the Venerable Ajahn Chah and they had been going all around uh, the world, all around Thailand uh, asking uh, the same questions about the practice and so they asked uh, why do you practice, how do you practice and after you practice what results do you get. And so most the the teachers around the world uh, taught them about the four noble truths: about uh, there is suffering, there is a cause to suffering, there's an end to suffering, and there's a path that leads to the end of suffering. But uh, but the venerable Ajahn Chah, he answered in a very Zen-like uh, manner. He asked them back, "Why do you eat? Uh, how do you eat? Uh, what method?" Uh, is it so that you eat? And uh, after you've eaten, what results do you get? And straight away they understood the teaching, the Zen teaching that Ajahn Chah had given them and they were very ha- happy with the answer. So the knowledges that the Buddha contemplated upon his enlightenment uh, were very, very deep uh, Dhamma teachings uh, but for us, when we learn the Dhamma, we don't need to learn to that level. Uh, it, that's something that's very hard to understand for us. Uh, we, all we need is something very easy to understand uh, in the way that, that Ajahn Chah answered. Uh, you know, why, why do we eat? Uh, you know, We eat or why do we practice? It's because we have this suffering within the mind and we want to get out of it. And uh, how do we eat or how do we practice? Uh, the kubhajans, they will teach, uh, you know, to have mindfulness, to have uh, awareness and recollection. Uh, when we have these qualities of mindful awareness, then we're uh, very close to the Buddha. So we can practice very easily. Like all these uh, teachings are leading us to the knowledge of impermanence. Uh, we can contemplate uh, within our own lives. Uh, Before, when we were a baby uh, in the womb of our mother and uh, after we were born as a child and growing older it's slowly aging uh, just like this and so the mind needs to develop mindful awareness uh, in this life Uh, it needs to have the five precepts or sila as its base so it's very important for all of us to have uh, sila Uh, or morality Uh, one who doesn't have a base in sila uh, doesn't yet know the dhamma and having a good foundation in sila will help our mind to develop uh, peace to develop calm and so all of you here uh, who have come here it shows that you have all have a very good base in sila in morality and now when you uh, practice uh, meditation or developing mindfulness uh, then you have to try to uh, uh, stop the mind from thinking proliferating into the past and into the future uh, keep watching the breath uh, by having mindfulness over the breath uh, slowly the mind will become peaceful and calm uh, you know as it becomes peaceful we can bring the mind to to contemplate uh, contemplate into Uh, the impermanence of the body Uh, we can see if we take a a hair uh, we can we can ask ourselves you know is this hair is it really ours Uh, you know something that can fall off uh, grows uh, eventually falls off can we really call this ours or this body uh, where it comes from can we really call it ours Uh, the only reason that we think that this body and all these parts of the body is ours is because we have delusion over the body. So the Venerable Ajahn Chah, he taught uh, this in a very easy to understand and easy to, to practice uh, way. He said, you have to uh, keep the mind from going to liking or disliking, mm-hmm. and keep the mind in the middle. For example, if we take uh, a glass, a very nice glass, we have to be able to see that this glass is actually broken already. Uh, We have to see uh, that this glass is really impermanent. Uh, By attaching to this glass, then it will cause suffering. Uh, It's something that we really can't control or call ours. Uh, By knowing this truth of impermanence, then uh, this will lead us to get rid of the causes of suffering and to not suffer. So when the Buddha went to Varanasi to teach, uh, to give the first sermon, uh, he went to the Deer Park, Uh, he taught the five ascetics or the five uh, followers, Uh, he taught them very simply, uh, whatever is of the nature to arise is of the nature to pass. Uh, It's something that's a very simple uh, teaching. Uh, but it's only simple if you have enough wisdom to to be able to contemplate and understand this truth. Uh, But we don't yet have the mindfulness and wisdom to to understand this truth, and so uh, we can't yet uh, get rid of the causes of suffering, but if we're able to develop the mindfulness and wisdom uh, to know whatever arises, passes away, then we'll be able to get rid of the causes of suffering in our minds. Uh, for yourselves, have you ever had any uh, valued possessions? Uh, you know, when, you've, when, when those valued possessions uh, disappear or, or uh, change, uh, does that cause you suffering? So we all have to train to be able to see this truth, but to see this truth uh, of impermanence uh, before it really happens to see uh, these things as not ours before uh, they really part from us. Uh, all the followers of the Buddha who attained to the highest dhammas, uh, they were able to see the dhamma by just seeing this truth. Uh, this is how they attained to becoming a sotapanna uh, or a stream enterer. enterer. Uh, just by seeing this, you can become a stream enterer. So you all have to practice in a way that you're able to, to develop the insight into this truth is something that uh, can be very easy. Uh, all of you need to have a strong uh, foundation in, in the practice, in uh, giving up, uh, we call generosity, and having a strong basis of morality or sila, uh, developing meditation and developing wisdom. Uh, there's not that much to, to talk about in the practice. It just requires us to put forth effort, uh, to practice it a lot. Uh, all of you have, you know, come from work. Uh, you know, just working itself is a lot of suffering. It's a hard work. Uh, it puts a strain on the body and on the mind. Uh, and then all of you have determined to to come here. Uh, you have to sit meditation uh, for long periods of time. And again, this uh, is hard and uh, is stressful for the body. Uh, even listening to this Dhamma talk, uh, maybe you listen for. Uh, a period of time, and you start to get very tired. Uh, uh, just listening to the dhamma talk can can uh, become suffering. So, if uh, there are any questions, uh, i can question said that uh, to, like you said before, to put your question on a piece of paper, write your name, contact details on there, and give it to Wincheer, and uh, he'll pick maybe three. We have time for maybe three questions, and the rest uh, you can give it to him or, or possibly Tanit and. We'll, uh, you know, tr- maybe try to answer them after. So, when go and pick some questions out. Uh, the question is: Can a married woman with kids attain sotapanna in this lifetime? Oh. Uh, yes, of course, it's it's possible for a, a married woman who has children to to attain to see the dhamma to become a sotapanna uh, in the Buddha's time. There were many, many uh, women who, who had families who who all uh, became, attained to to Sodhupana. Uh It just requires the the seeing of dhamma or the understanding of truth. Uh, even uh, they could contemplate uh, having a child is actually a lot of suffering. Uh, just with this knowledge, you know, they could see to the dhamma. Uh, they, you know, these uh, you know women they have to develop. Uh, Mindfulness, all the same. Mindfulness and wisdom uh, in uh, in order to see the Dhamma. They need to practice a lot uh, and they can attain to Dhamma as well.
0: Second question.
1: Uh, For the body to move during sitting, during Uh, meditation and then uh, how to stop it from moving. Uh, So if your body is... Moving around when you're, you're meditating, you have to develop a lot of mindfulness over it. Uh, you shouldn't let it uh, go moving here and there or, or uh, swaying left and right, back and forth. Uh, you have to have mindfulness over that. Uh, otherwise, uh, if you keep doing this in your meditation, uh, it can start to become a habit. So whenever you sit, then you start to, to move around and to, to sway back and forth. Uh, this is a sign that someone's mindfulness is, is weak. Uh, and so if this, these, uh, this is happening to you, you can try to uh, breathe in deeply uh, and breathe out deeply three times uh, and try to do your best to bring up mindful awareness uh, over your meditation object. Okay. Okay. Um... To what extent does a lay person need to understand the four noble truth uh before uh until um, before he can actually reach sotapan the level of sotapan and then what is the difference uh in understanding of the four noble truth between a uh, sotapan and uh Ar- So in, in becoming a sodapana, one needs uh, understanding over the Four Noble Truths. Uh, one has to know uh, the body and the mind uh, as it really is. Uh, we have to know that... Uh, we have to have mindfulness knowing that uh, all physical and mental phenomena uh, attaching to them cause suffering. If we know that uh, the cause is from our attachments, our cravings, uh, then we will know that by letting go of these causes of suffering, then this can co- then this will lead us to uh, to peace and happiness. And so, developing mindfulness uh, is is uh, like practicing uh, the Eightfold Path or practicing uh, what we call Marga, uh, the path to Sotapanna or the path to enlightenment. Uh, so when you've come here today, you've come here to sit meditation, uh, to practice chanting, uh, to listen to the Dhamma talk, uh, you're developing mindfulness and awareness uh, in these ways. And so this is like uh, we are all walking on uh, the path uh, to, to seeing the Dhamma. We are all walking on, on the, four, the path to seeing the Four Noble Truths. Uh, but the only difference is uh, from one who has uh, attained to, uh, to Sotipana or to seeing the Dhamma is that at the moment our, uh, the, the path conditions or the maga is uh, not yet uh, very strong. It's still uh, quite weak. And so if we can keep developing maga, we can develop this strength, then we'll be able to see uh, more clearly into the Dhamma. Uh, we'll be able to see that this body and mind are not really ours. They're not something that we can call a self, uh, a me or a mine. Uh, so, if we can let go uh, in small, uh, in small ways, uh, it shows that we're walking along this path, uh, and uh, by developing. Uh, more and more of this uh, letting go of the, these attachments that cause us suffering uh, then we can attain to, to higher states of Dhamma uh, which is the Sotapanna and above all the way to to an, an Arahant. An Arahant is one who is able to let go uh, of all these attachments that cause him, uh, him or her suffering. Uh, and so even as a lay person uh, one who has a wife uh, or a husband and kids Uh, still have uh, liking and love. Uh, They're still able to to practice on this path. Uh, And so uh, when they have uh, unhappiness arise in their lives, they have to have mindfulness over those uh, feelings arising and be able to to let them go, to be able to let uh, these feelings of attachment go, which are the causes of suffering. Uh, for example, in the Buddha's time, there was uh, the Lady Wisaka, which was the, uh, the, the leading female disciple of the Lord Buddha. Uh, uh, even when she had uh, uh, lost something that was uh, a family member that was very v- valuable, very loved to her, uh, she was a Sodhupana, uh but you know, she was very saddened and had a lot of suffering and grief arise from this. Uh, but when the Buddha gave her uh, a teaching uh, on the impermanence uh, of of all things, uh, she was able to let go of this suffering, and so uh, she she was a sotapanna and she was able to let go. But uh, she wasn't able to let go on the level of an arahant, and so it would take uh, some time. Uh, but arahant knows. Uh, as it's occurring, uh, uh, and is able to let go of all these uh, causes of suffering, and also a sotapanna is one who who has has cut off all the birth in any lower realms. Uh, they have insight to to this level already. So all of you who uh, have come to listen to the dhamma. Uh, at this opportune time uh, this is what we call uh, one of the highest blessings of your life and so he rejoices in all the, the blessings and the goodness that you've made by listening to, to the Dhamma talk
0: uh, you understand I will see you next Friday have a good evening thank you, good night bye bye Bye, bye. <laughs> good luck